Well, good morning. It is lovely to see you here. Always nice to see your faces looking back at me. Um, for those, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Sarah. Uh, me and Jeremiah, the campus pastors out here at QE2, and it is awesome to have you here with us um, this morning. I hope everyone has had a good long weekend so far. I do know we have a few people away um, making the most of the extra day off tomorrow. Uh, in particular, a bit jealous of the Keese who have been um, boating in uh, Moraki, trying to catch some fish. So um, hopefully they've had some good luck with that. Um, but it is really lovely to have you here. Um, now this morning I actually wanted to start um, by telling you about my wedding day. Uh, my lovely husband Jeremiah and I got married on the March 28th, I think, yeah, um, 2020. <laughs> Should have checked that before I got up here. <laughs> um, now, those of you with good memories um, might be going, huh, 28th of March 2020, uh, wasn't that during New Zealand's first ever Level 4 lockdown? And uh, yes, yes it was. Um, you would be correct. So let me kind of set the scene for you. Uh, we planned our wedding. Uh, we chose a venue. We went for the chapel um, in Jeremiah's hometown of St. Arnold, um, up at the beautiful Lake Rotaiti, um, the place where he grew up going to church. Uh, we chose a bridal party. Uh, we had a colour theme. We made a guest list. Uh, we sent out invitations. We hired a florist, like the whole deal. We, we planned like a proper wedding. And then a couple of weeks before... Um, the wedding, we kind of started to hear some mumblings kind of around the place about corona. Um, but it didn't really mean that much to us. We saw some other countries were having some issues. We seemed fine. And so we just continued on. And then a week before the wedding, we start hearing about the possibility of restrictions. You know, so we move our honeymoon from the far north where we were supposed to be into the South Island because they talk about, you know, travelling outside of your region might be a bit tricky. Um, we do a painstaking cut on our guest list in case they tell us we're going to have to reduce numbers. Let me tell you, that's hard work. Uh, we even came up with a backup plan to hold the wedding outside so that we could have more guests. Uh, and then uh, with all of those things kind of in the background, um, we packed our stuff up because we were getting married up north. And so we headed up to the family farm, um, excited that our, our day was almost here. And halfway to Nelson, we get a text from one of our dear friends. And it just said, have you seen the news? Like, it's very ominous. <laughs> and so we found a little patch of reception and we pulled over and we read the headlines which was, Prime Minister announces nationwide lockdown. We were like, huh. So we figured that we had already made it most of the way home, and so it sounded better being kind of stuck on the farm and trying to figure that out than in our flats in the city. So we continued on, trying to work out what it would mean for our day. And uh, what it meant was, uh, we cancelled our venue. We couldn't leave the house, so the front yard it was. Uh, we adjusted the bridal party. Three out of the four bridesmaids of mine weren't going to be there. Um, where they were still in the other country. Uh, we received apologies from every single guest invited, except for the family who were in our bubble. Uh, we cancelled the florist, we cancelled the honeymoon. You get the idea. But we did still decide that we would get married. 
And we were lucky enough that we had quite a large bubble because we were on the farm and several of my family members had already flown in from overseas and had nowhere to live in New Zealand because they don't live here. And so they came, so our bubble contained all of Jeremiah's immediate family and all of my immediate family except for one sister. And the thing is, is that I don't know if we could have had um, a better range of skills of people stuck in our bubble. My brother-in-law, Tim, he is a builder. And uh, I think we've got a photo. Here he is making a beautiful arch for us to stand under. My brother, Benjamin, he's a music student at university. And we managed to find him a keyboard, and he did live music for our ceremony, as well as singing and playing an item for us with uh, Jeremiah's sister, Katie. My father was trained as a gardener when he was younger, and so he made the, be- the front garden out front beautiful for us. My mother-in-law uh, does some catering on the side, and this is her in the kitchen um, preparing the greatest wedding feast that there honestly ever has been. My mother is super creative, and she put together um, uh, some beautiful flowers for me, a bouquet for me and my sister, um, boutonnieres for the boys, and decorations for the tables. My father-in-law is a mechanic, and he got the coolest old mini up and running and cleaned up for us. My sister-in-laws, Michaela and Kirsten, they made us a beautiful cake and also helped me do hair and makeup. And Jeremiah's sister, Katie, um, had the camera and is also very creative and took beautiful shots of all of this happening for us as well. And uh, what I'm trying to say is that I had the most beautiful wedding, and it was made possible by that group of people. Every single one of them brought their skills to the table and worked for a common goal, and we couldn't have done it without them. And when I think about that, I just think, what a beautiful picture of the church that is. You know, we've been talking about spiritual gifts the last couple of weeks, And the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. And to each one, the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. You see, God is calling each and every one of us to participate in his redemptive plan for this world. And he's gifted us each uniquely and wants to use those gifts. You know, just like our families came together and offered up their skills and worked together for a common goal of getting us married. You know, this is a picture of how I believe God intends for us as his church to operate. Last Wednesday night, I attended the foundations course um, that Jeremiah was talking about earlier that Life Church is currently running. And if you do get a chance to either attend this one or to sign up to a future one at some point, um, I'm sure we'll be running more of them, then I highly recommend it. You know, it's a great chance just to kind of revisit some of those foundational truths um, and visit the, you know, the foundations of your faith. Make sure that everything is solid. Good to just reflect on those once more. And uh, at the end of it, um, uh, we did an exercise, um, uh, which we have also been set to kind of continue on with, which is uh, to help sort of develop the habit of reading the word daily, of reading scriptures. 
So what we did is we prayed and we asked the Spirit to reveal truth to us through the Scriptures. And then we all read the same passage. And then we had to go around and we had to share what it was that stood out to us. You know, what did we like or what did we notice and why? You know, what had the Holy Spirit pointed out to us in that uh, passage? And we read Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 17. And I won't read the whole passage here, but the verses that the Holy Spirit kind of highlighted for me were verses 16 and 17. And they say this. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them and said, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And what the Holy Spirit really drew my attention to was how Jesus called them and the language that he used. Because they were fishing. And the fact that they made their living from it, you know, and they hadn't abandoned the career for something else, I imagine that they were pretty decent at it, you know? I bet they had caught a lot of fish in their time. They were skilled fishermen. That was what they did. And Jesus calls to them and says, I will show you how to fish for people. And what the Holy Spirit um, spoke to me about was that um, how Jesus was saying, I will take the skills that you have and I will elevate them. I will give them a greater purpose. You'll still be fishermen, but I'll accomplish my purposes through you. And uh, this same call, I believe, is given to all of us. You know, God will take what we have and he will enhance it and he will use it for his purposes. Because the Holy Spirit can enhance or use a person's own thoughts, abilities and purposes to accomplish God's purposes. You know, God's Spirit can work in us in order to influence and empower by enabling our human abilities with divine enhancement. And by doing so, what could have just been something good that we might have done, you know, things can happen that become of eternal significance. uh, This is cool stuff that we get to partner in this. I hope this makes you excited too. And if we take a look back in the Bible, uh, we see this pattern of the Holy Spirit empowering people for his work. And one of the first instances we see of this is Joseph back in the Old Testament. You know, God's spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. You know, Pharaoh elevates him to a position of authority because he is one in whom is the spirit of God. And if you haven't ever read the story of Joseph, I do encourage you to read it. Um, It is quite long, but you can find it in um, from Genesis about 37. Uh, And you can see how the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God's purposes were accomplished. There's this, this massive story, and when you see the purposes of God being woven through, um, and it has generational effect um, for the, the Israelites. Another instance we see of God's Spirit empowering somebody is a man called Bezalel, is how I'm going to call him. If you would like to read that differently, that's totally up to you, but I'm going to stick with Bezalel. And we find him in Exodus. And this was after God had sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. 
after they had crossed the Red Sea. Moses had been up the mountain, he'd received the Ten Commandments, and now they were making preparation for the tent of meeting or the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's presence with the Israelites, this is where it was going to be housed, this was going to be the holy place, this was going to be um, like the equivalent of the temple while they were still in the desert and couldn't have a permanent um, temple set up. And in Exodus chapter 31, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab, the son of Ashsimach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant law, with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent. The tables and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you." And again, what we see here is the Spirit coming upon people and taking their skills and using them for the glory of God to accomplish things which would have been outside of their abilities to do on their own. And I really love this passage as well because sometimes I think we kind of over-spiritualize gifts and skills. You know, the Spirit of the Lord came upon um, Bezalel and made him really good with a hammer and a saw. You know, our God is a, is a practical God too. You know, the gifts and abilities God uses to bring about his purposes are not always going to look like preaching and prophecy and speaking in tongues, although sometimes they will, you know, but sometimes it'll be building a deck out front so that people have a place to gather and eat pizza and find a place to belong and hear about Jesus. You know, sometimes it'll be setting up a sound system so that people can engage in worship without distraction. You know, sometimes it'll be making morning tea or preparing a meal for somebody and caring for them with food so that they are comfortable and they feel loved and valued. You know, once we get into the New Testament, uh, we see a bit more of God's redemptive plan for the whole world unfolding. You know, we see the promised Messiah come in the form of a baby, Jesus. We see him grow in favor and stature with God and man. We see miracles performed, and we see Jesus, fully God and fully man, nailed to the cross in atonement for all sin, so that whoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. And this is the hope of the world that we proclaim and we carry. And while Jesus was still on earth with his disciples, he was starting to explain what was going to happen to them, you know, that he was not going to remain in person with them there forever on earth. He knew that he would be crucified and then raised again, conquering death, and then go back to the Father in heaven. And it wasn't super popular amongst his disciples. And they were kind of having this discussion with him. And he says to them, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And later recorded in John, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You see, Jesus left, but sent the Holy Spirit in his place. And the Holy Spirit was promised to all who believe and wants to partner with everyone to accomplish God's purposes and to help bring God's kingdom on earth while we wait for the return of Jesus. You know, and just like Jesus called to Simon and Andrew, we are each being called today. You know, we are being called to bring what we have and surrender it to God and allow him to enhance it and empower us for his purposes. And so really my question to you this morning is, what do you have that God wants to elevate and use? You know, are you a fisherman that God wants to use to fish for people? You know, are you a craftsman, you know, that um, uh, God wants to use to craft things that'll bring honor and glory to him? Are you a parent that he wants to use to uh, draw people into the kingdom through, to parent people in, to be a spiritual mother or a spiritual father? Are you gifted with making people feel like they're at home? Do you have the gift of hospitality? Are you good at cooking? Are you good at making a welcoming environment for people to come into where they're able to then sit and be vulnerable and hear truth spoken over them? Are you creative? Do you have the ability to play a musical instrument or to make art that is going to help, help people see the wonder of God, help them draw them in and allow them to worship? Are you good at gardening? Do you have the gift of talking? You know, maybe you're good at talking to people and the Holy Spirit wants to use you to speak to people, not just about everyday things, but about godly things. You know, are you skilled in business? Does God want to use your business to help grow his kingdom, to be able to finance things, to be able to access people who may not come into contact with others? Whatever it is, you know, just like how my family pulled together and offered their skills to help pull off a wedding, when we offer ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit, then he will coordinate us to work together for his purposes and to achieve far more than we ever could on our own. You know, last week we talked a little bit about um, uh, motivation and how that is important. And I think one of the, the key things here is that uh, it is when we are all fixed on the goal, when we all have our eyes fixed on Jesus, that then we're all going to be moving in that same direction, that the Holy Spirit's going to be able to do that, you know, miraculous co coordination between people you know, where he might bring someone into contact with this person and then into this person, into this person, and you see all of those threads interwoven until you see this beautiful um, thing that has been accomplished. It was so outside of just one person being able to do it on their own. 
actually going to get the band to come back up if you're able. You know, another thing that uh, sometimes I think we have a tendency to do um, is to limit what we see as working or contributing uh, to just a Sunday morning. You know, but our God is a God who does not stop working. You know, he is not limited to a certain morning or a certain place or building to accomplish his plans and to meet with his people. You know, what the Holy Spirit requires is for us to surrender, to fix our eyes onto Jesus and to offer what we have. And he will use us where we are at all times. You know, you don't have to feel like, oh, because I don't serve on a team on Sunday morning, I'm not contributing to the growth of the church. What nonsense. The Holy Spirit will use you in whatever space he has you. And uh, he will use you in coordination with everybody else who is also surrendering to him and offering their skills and offering their gifts. So if you're not sure kind of what it is that you have to offer this morning, then I would say use the space that we're about to open up and this time to ask. You know, ask for God's perspective. You know, how is the Holy Spirit working every day and how might you partner in that? In your workplace, in your family, in the spaces that you hang out in, I can guarantee you God is working in that space. So if you're not sure exactly what's happening in there, ask. Say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me what it is that you're doing and how you would have me contribute? How would you have me um, partner with you in this? You know, ask that God would reveal what skills in particular that he's calling on you to use for his kingdom and allow him to take what you offer and enhance it and empower it. And if there are some here who uh, maybe are new to this journey of walking alongside and in step with the Holy Spirit, then I just say this morning, call on him. You know, if you've, if you've never experienced um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you're not sure or have questions or anything like that, then this is the morning to go after that, to explore that. If you would like to come forward and have someone pray with you to lay hands, um, then we have people up here who would love to pray for you. In fact, this space is always open up the front here, um, to the side. If you just want to stand in your seats, wherever it is, if you've got something that you need to do business with God about, then don't waste this opportunity this morning. So what we're going to do is I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to spend some time in worship. But if you um, you know, need to, to ask God to clarify what it is that he would have you be doing at the moment, what it is that he would like you to surrender to him, what skills he is really wanting to use and develop then I just pray that you would ask that this morning. You know, we talk about different postures. If you want to raise your arms, if you want to lift them, open hands as, as, a, um, as a posture of surrender, then go for it. If you want to physically move as a, um, you know, again, as, as saying, God, I'm, I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm giving in to you. Then you can do that as well. Like I said, the front is open. There are people up here who would love to pray for you if you would like prayer. But we're just going to open the space now and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in here. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship.
Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are always working. And God, we thank you that um, you can work all things together. Uh, And uh, it's not dependent on how good we are or how strong we are or what skills we have. But Lord, it is because you are good and you are powerful and your grace is sufficient. And Lord, this morning we do just want to again offer ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, we say, would you develop in us um, skills that you are able to then use to advance your kingdom here on earth? Lord, would you help us to fix our eyes on Jesus? Lord, would you search our hearts, our motivations? Would you purify us? Lord, would you help us to see the work that you are doing? And would you give us a passion to join in on that, Lord? Would you give us a passion to see more people be brought into your kingdom? And so this morning, Lord, we just open the space and say, would you have your way in each and every one of our hearts? Would you continue to teach us and to reveal truth to us? Lord, we want to sit in your presence. Lord, and we want to surrender to you once again. So we just say, have your way in this space, Lord.